Perfect, perfect, perfect for lunch, perfect for lunch, and we're live here from Windsor, Vermont. This is Windsor Live, the lunch stream edition. All the news and happenings of Windsor, Vermont fit into a midday-sized morsel for your consumption. My name is Christopher. My name is James. And we have uh, taken we've taken a little bit of a break lately to let the uh, the news of the country sort of play out and to also shore up our uh, the future of this show. But we'll save that for the end of the episode. For now, let's get in Mm -hmm. to what's been going on in Windsor. Sure. And I think like based on. Our uh, recommendations on Apple Podcasts and lots of the major podcatchers. Um, I think we should like really set the tone about what this show is and how, what we are like right off the top and just say uh, Black Lives Matter. Um, Absolutely. LGBT rights are human rights. And wear a mask 100%. if you go outside. Yes, so, yes, yes. So, if any yeah. of those statements feel feel bad to you... Go ahead and unsubscribe, because we are going to continue these shows based on reality. Mm-hmm. So, thank you, and uh, for everyone who's still with us, which I believe is the overwhelming majority. Oh, yeah. Um, thank you, and uh, let's let's uh, let's carry forward, shall we? Awesome. Tally-ho. So, ooh, that's a lot of noise I'm making right now. I'm gonna I'm gonna try mm. and avoid that. Okay. It's a joyful noise. So let's share some screens. Why don't you? Why don't we? Watch how I already gave him permission to do so. Oh, did you? <laughs> oh, it's like I figured yeah, this software out after go. three months. Okay. <laughs> so first things first, um, usually we start with the Windsor VT website, but um, not a lot to talk about as far as select board stuff right now. Because uh, we are in the summertime where we only have one meeting a month. And there's a lot of stuff happening outside of that Facebook page. So, first thing... You should mention, actually, since you're saying the select board thing, mm. that's important detail, right? Uh, it's true that select board is only meeting once per month. And that meeting is this coming Tuesday mm-hmm. on the 23rd at 7 p.m. That's June 23rd at 7 p.m., and keep your eyes out. Maybe we'll make it into the show notes if they if they get if they get put up by then. But we'll definitely be posting the uh, link to that yeah. meeting. For and the you. agenda should be out this weekend. That's correct. Will be out, it will have to be out this weekend. It's law. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so starting Friday, this Friday, the nineteenth. Uh, maybe you're hearing this on Friday. Maybe we've missed it. So. It is either going to or will have happened. 
uh, Friday, June 19th at 5.30 p.m., just in front of the Windsor Town Municipal Offices, we will be raising the Pride Flag in conjunction with the Town of Claremont to mark the beginning of what was going to be a uh, cross-town Pride weekend with programming happening in both towns. However... Because we are in the midst of a pandemic, and we'll cover that again later, um, it will be happening completely online. So the only in-person thing that will be happening in Windsor is going to be the raising of the Progress Pride flag, which you can see at the top of the screen. We will be raising it on the town flagpole tomorrow at 5.30. And this will mark the beginning of... The... Probably today at 5.30 if, as as you're listening to this, actually. Yes. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Time is all sorts of strange now. So, Time doesn't exist. Friday, June 19th, 5.30 p.m. <laughs> uh, and again, this will be done in conjunction with the town of Claremont, which I think is pretty cool. Um, very cool. Two towns that cool. have not had a huge presence in the uh, kind of pride community are mm-hmm. now having like a joint celebration and making it bigger than we could have done alone. And it's really unfortunate that it has to be online, but there is still some programming uh, scheduled. So if you are interested, you can check out the rural New Hampshire outright webs uh, Facebook page. Um, they are at rural NH outright and you could also go to tlcfamilyrc.org for information on that. This is, uh, it's worth noting too that uh, last year's Pride event in Windsor, which was the first Pride event in Windsor that the uh, illustrious Amanda Smith pulled together in about two weeks, mm-hmm. has had a whole lot of time to prepare for this online version. And I suspect that she and her team have pulled together something truly wonderful. Yes. So uh, do yourself a favor and check out that online programming. It's going to be pretty cool, I would bet. Yeah. So let's move on to the second thing. Uh, If you are a resident in the town of Windsor and you've done some traveling, uh, you may have noticed some uh, spray paint on some of the things on um, town property. Um, and embankments, things made out of concrete, that kind of stuff. And while, uh, the Windsor, uh, the Windsor, Vermont Black Lives Matter was not involved with that and didn't call for that, um, they are putting together a petition to kind of pivot to rather than just cleaning that up and, people getting mad about graffiti, we can maybe take this as an opportunity to increase public art and kind of show our openness and our um, commitment to the people of color in our community by highlighting local artists and turning these locations into areas of public art, which I think is a really great idea rather than just, you know, painting over battleship gray and pretending it never happened. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. I, I might be an outlier in, in the community in that, like I'll, I'll, I'll be really honest. Graffiti almost never bothers me (laughs) to be super real. Most of the places that the, uh, in the bands that I've played in the venues we've been, have been uh, 
laden with graffiti. But you know, I I you know I understand as well. You know, we 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 uh, want to find a a way, or I hope several ways, mm-hmm. several places where uh, public art can be much more accessible to the community. Yeah. I really believe that what we define as as you know quote unquote unsightly graffiti really is an expression and underscores the need for that expression to have a home and a place to exist. And when that becomes out of balance with the uh, aesthetic of what you're trying to grow and build in your community, people are going to kind of take it out on the property that, that exists. I really believe that. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's, I think this is a great way to enhance the, just the, the 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 vibe really lean into like expressing and creating and being creative and and you know reflecting back on on what makes the Windsor community great and I'm so happy to see that uh, Black Lives Matter Windsor Vermont is at the forefront of this because that's offering a great solution to a problem so yeah. I think that's super cool and I will say I will say this and then I will not speak to the people who are super angry about the graffiti. If you're really upset about this graffiti going up, you know, maybe I can put myself into the headspace where I get it, but I think a better thought experiment would be to kind of put yourself into the people who felt so unheard that it pushed them to this point. So rather than just getting angry about spray paint, which it's paint, we can cover it, we can do something else with it, it's not a big deal. Um, Think about what that person was trying to communicate by doing that, rather than just angry at the youth of Windsor. Right, right, 100%. We can can do a, a much better job of providing... Uh, outlets, mm-hmm. I think, and and in doing so, increase the uh, increase this the the beauty of the place that we live. Absolutely, yeah, and it's an opportunity for the entire town to come together um, to do something that future generations will see and think. I'm really proud that instead of just spiraling into more anger and unrest, that my town decided to do this. Lean into art. It's one of the most amazing uh, ways to to allow for that discussion to happen. Yeah. And while we're on the subject, I think we have to mention that Friday the 19th, June the 19th, is Juneteenth, which marks, finally marks the end of slavery in the United States. So... You know, it, it's marking the the end of slavery, but slavery, but it's really marking the kind of beginning of the United States that you would have expected would have happened back when that whole Declaration of Independence uh, was going on. Right. Um, right. But you know, I, I'll quote I'll quote Lin Manuel Miranda in Hamilton saying that we cannot be truly free until those in bondage have the same rights as you and me. Um, So by acknowledging that Juneteenth is kind of the, the, the point in which that was beginning to happen. And we're not there yet. I mean, there's still a lot of work to be done, but we can at least 
mark the date and kind of as a way to recognize its significance. Yeah. As a way to recognize that in our town, uh, the Windsor historical society, um, put a plaque and a bouquet. Um, and this is an effort called stopping stones where, um, you can mark where a slave was held, um, to memorialize the person and kind of even, even in death, replace some of that humanity. Um, somebody's giving me a message. <laughs> it's live folks. Yeah. It's live. Um, but the Windsor Historical Society did that. If you're listening to the podcast version, it's a little, it, it looks brass. It could be bronze. I'm not sure. Um, it's a little plaque that was set into the uh, front lawn of 70 State Street in Windsor, which is uh, right across from the old Windsor Village slash the old prison. Um, mm-hmm. If you're there. Um, so stop by, take a look at it. Um, and think about Dinah, especially if you're going to do it to, on Friday, June 19th. Uh, think about the person rather than just the plaque. Um, this and- was really one of the, 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 the harder things to learn. And I learned about Dinah later in life, much later in life uh, than, than I should have. Mm. And, you know, I take, I take responsibility for that, but it's amazing how absent these stories are from our normal, like, regular education. They're just completely glossed over. And as somebody who has been very proud of being from Vermont and, and, and proud of what, you know, that, that I try to carry those ideals forward in life, one of the things that I've always been the most proud of is being part, is, is being from the first well, country at the time to outlaw slavery Mm -hmm. in the Western hemisphere. And, you know, that's an amazing achievement. That's really, you know, something to be proud of, except it turns out that in the very same town where that constitution uh, enshrining Mm -hmm. the, uh, the rights of to the rights to freedom was signed a standing Supreme court justice, uh, it's hard to refer to this character as Justice Jacobs, but that would be the title. In fact, owned a slave mm-hmm. right here in Windsor, Vermont, for years, and then cast her out onto the streets as soon as uh, he felt like she could no longer uh, work. Yep. And uh, the Supreme Court at the time, the Vermont Supreme Court at the time, ended up ruling in his favor, though he recused himself you know, they said, well, no, see, slavery's outlawed in, in Vermont. And so we, this man cannot be on trial for this crime because it's not legally possible. Mm-hmm. See how that works? Sure. See how that works. And, and you know, just one of the, uh, one of the examples of the uh, way that history has been, you know, whitewashed and, and made to fit a certain narrative. And uh, this is one step to uh to to recognize and honor that tragedy Mm -hmm. in one small way and it has to be noted that just up the street from that location there is a street named after the person who owned a slave in the town of windsor and i think another thing that we can do and this is what amanda talked about in her speech 
at the Black Lives Matter event, but also she has talked about this before. Um, that doesn't have to be named after him. There's there's nothing saying that we have to honor that legacy. Um, so stay tuned for some discussion about that. It may be happening at the next meeting. It may be happening at a meeting later. It all depends on how much is on the slate. But we will be talking about it. So if you have input, um, send us an email. We will tell you that email at the end of the show. Several times. Yes. Moving on. Um, so this event is the Rudy Hanacek Memorial Softball Tournament. It is going to be happening Saturday, June 20th at the fairgrounds. And basically it's going to be a series of softball teams playing for a pretty awesome championship belt. It's not just a trophy. It's act it's actually like a championship belt. That's um, awesome. Yeah. Yeah, let's uh yeah, it, it's in there somewhere. Go to the go to the Facebook page. You'll see <laughs> you'll see uh, an actual championship belt. Um they have it's I really went back and forth about how much I wanted to promote this because it's a really great cause. The money is going to Rudy's family. Um, right. And it's such a tragedy that we've lost Rudy. Um, but in that same veil, we're in the middle of a pandemic. But I was, right. I was really impressed by the lengths that David... You're going to have to say the last name. Sorry. Thetage? Thetage. That David Thetage has gone to to take the precautions to make this event happen. So they have really thought about every way they could have this be done safely uh, for the teams. Um, from yeah. everything from making sure there are enough softballs so that they can switch them out. Uh, every team is getting uh, hand sanitizer. Masks are encouraged. Um, there are a certain number of players so that even in like the dugout, they can be spread out a little bit. So they really, really put a lot of thought into it. Um, that being said, I, I can't say oh, everyone in town should go and see this tournament, but if you have the opportunity to stop in, maybe just make a donation, hang out for a little bit, uh, do whatever you feel is safe. If you want to do that, uh, they are having a national anthem starting at 7.45 a.m. on Saturday the 20th, and the first game will start at 8 a.m. For more information, you can check out the event uh, Facebook page. It is on my screen right now, we'll link it in the show notes. It is just events with a lot of numbers after it. So I'm not going to read those off like a number right. station. And I've said it before, but say it again. This uh, world is crazy, especially these days. The uh, every day it feels like uh, it's just another wave of stories that you wouldn't believe you could read. And it's uh, made that much harder by the fact that we don't have Rudy with us yeah. to uh, weather the storm. So 
uh, if you want to, you know, it's it's hard. We spend most of the time on this show, you know, saying, okay, social distance, let's not do, mm-hmm. you know, let's not get together. Um, so it's an awkward thing, but um, I suspect that if one were to attend, that they would probably walk away feeling uh, a, a, a sense of peace and, and love and support of the community. So let's... Yeah. Let's think about that. And I haven't I haven't seen explicitly any ways to donate without attending, but I'm sure if you contact David, uh um, tells make me make sure that happens. So <laughs> even if you don't feel comfortable in going, um you know, and, and you want to do something, reach out and I'm sure something could happen. By the way, you know what else is tomorrow? Uh, uh well, as the show airs, uh this Saturday. Mm-hmm. This Saturday the twentieth. Uh, do you have the? Do you have this on on a tab here? Uh, I don't think so. What is it? It's Dump Day. Oh, it's officially Dump Day. That's right. You can bring your construction waste and trash down to the Goodyear facility uh, in, in here in Windsor, Vermont. It's one of those few days per year that's put on, I believe, by the Rotary in uh, conjunction with the town and. Uh, yeah, so uh, I know I've got a garage that has slowly filled up over the last two weeks, full of stuff to uh, to bring. And so uh, one thing that you might want to look at, and we'll try to link, is the list of materials that will be accepted versus the list of materials that will not be accepted. This isn't a hazardous materials dump, so uh, there are some limits that way. And... Last but not least, it's worth noting that because of coronavirus, this one's going to be a little bit different. Mm -hmm. There isn't going to be the number of uh, uh, staff and uh, town workers there helping people get their their garbage uh, into the dumpsters. So just plan accordingly and know that you are on your own this year to unload. Yes, absolutely. Um, I'm very excited about this. (laughs) I completely forgot. I'm really excited about this. This needs to happen. So worst part is we just found like, you know, oh, good. You know, you get the trash together. Fine. Oh, I've got an amount. Look, hey, it fits in the truck. Great. This is going to be a great dump day. Lo and behold, get up on a ladder in the in the garage and find. Another giant trove of construction garbage <laughs> like, what i don't even remember that yeah but yeah nope so it is so it never ends it never so, ends but this is the weekend to get rid of most of it so real quick what is accepted computer equipment drywall fluorescent bulbs furniture mattresses metal plastic toys scrap wood small appliances styrofoam tires and televisions if I did not list off something and you're like, oh, I don't know, probably not accepted. Anything that right. is liquid is not going to yeah. be accepted, basically. Right. If you put it into a small gasoline engine, it is not acceptable at this dump day. If it explodes, not accepted at this dump day. And I like in the not accepted, again, if you're not watching the stream, they had to put three different times they are not accepting mercury. Yeah, in in all forms. Yes. All forms. Okay, so take your junk down to the dump as long as it's acceptable junk. 
No, un, no non-acceptable junk will be accepted. Everybody got it? Yeah, it's almost like I'm stalling, not wanting to talk about the next story. Okay. So, we've been really silent on this because we're in this weird spot being select board members, but not school board members, but also members of the Windsor community, of which the school board is a part of. So, if you have been in a coma, uh, you might not have heard that the principal of the Windsor High School, Tiffany Riley, said some things on Facebook. We're not going to go into, we're not going to editorialize this at all. We're just going to report on it as something that happened. But um, she was placed on leave. And based on the reports from the uh, from the school board, it is unlikely that they are going to continue her contract. However, that hasn't been released in an official way. It's just something that are is popping up on news websites. So we have to right. mention it, but there has not been a statement actually as far as. Uh, We'll say twelve thirty on June eighteenth. Right. There has not right. been anything released. You can go to some pretty gross websites and see their take on it. I wouldn't recommend it. Um, I'm not even going to say the name of the website. Just know that it shares part of its name with Homer Simpson's son, and another one is just as bad. I don't know. I don't know if it's just as bad. It's pretty bad. Um, it's really strange to see this this work, and mm-hmm. and this is gonna I think help help us segue into kind of you know uh, what we what we got to tell the folks about this show. But sure, um, it's been very strange to see this happen, where the reporting on this as it's sort of spread across the country has um gotten it progressively more wrong mm-hmm. and the you know the detail that those facebook comments were in pretty direct uh response to comments made by members of the community um you know to to the the principal that that detail alone really changes uh you know the 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 context of the entire story and there's a lot more to it that that I don't think that we can get into right um, and the reason for that is, as James mentioned, you know, we're both on the select board. This this show started in a whirlwind in the beginning of quarantine uh, brought by COVID-19 as a way to both, you know, keep in touch with the community and make sure that the information is getting out to people who need it. And also, and most importantly, to to you know maintain the community to maintain a sense of community and and uh, a place to talk about town despite all of that and i think that you know people have have uh loudly and and resoundingly you know appreciated it and 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 you know uh loved what we've done and it's been it's been just a tremendous thing to be part of but I, I I think we knew that this day would come where eventually there would be something that happened or some story that um, would put us in a pretty awkward position given our our positions of, of, of authority in town. And I think that this is it. I think this is that moment. Mm-hmm. And 
it's not that it's not that we don't have opinions or that we don't you know think think deeply about these this issue but that if the goal is to create something that can be a trusted and reliable source of news and information about Windsor that at a certain point those who are uh, uh, on the highest political office that the, that the town has can't can't be the sources for that anymore and so we are we've been talking about it for a couple weeks on this show but this is this is happening this will be the last lunch stream show the last episode as you've known it up until this point james and i are going to continue to do windsor live the evening edition Mm -hmm. which will just be windsor live you know from here on out where we're going to continue the story and really delve into issues, really delve into uh, what we, you know, what we think, you know, can happen, should happen, and have the time to have these these in depth conversations. But as a news source, this show is going to to uh, stop as we as you know it and evolve and be taken up by a team of wonderful people, and I'm so grateful to see it coming together. We're not even going to announce a name or anything like that. I want to leave it completely up to the new team to to bring uh, this you know new manifestation of the show to you. And I th- I hope that you know you understand that while we have taken a long time to talk about not to talk about anything but the issue at hand involving Principal Riley's you know uh, uh, dismissal from from or you know, being placed on administrative leave as a result of this incident it's because that it's because we need to be to be sensitive and understand the power dynamic that is in place and the responsibility that we have right. individually to 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 the town and to the offices that you know we in, inhabit and so because of that we're going to take a step back we're going to let a new thing happen and you can find us at it'll be every Thursday as you've known it 7 p.m. the lunch stream will be no more and Windsor Live will be the show. Yeah. So if you're subscribed you don't even have to do anything. You're just going to get it. <laughs> it's pretty awesome, right? Yeah. You're just going to get the new goodness and everything is wonderful. And if you're somebody who wants to contribute to that project to help the conversation to help keep Everyone in Windsor, Vermont, uh, on the same page, and 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 you know, get the information out there and do good reporting. Uh, there's plenty of room, mm-hmm. and there will be a link uh, in the show notes where you can click and get information about how you can help out. And we'd really love to have you. Yeah, I'm really excited for the group of people that are gonna be able to shape this show into what they think it can be. Um, I think it can be an exciting way for people to get local news. Mm -hmm. And I'm even more excited for the people who are subscribed to this because they will finally get some talent to listen to. (laughs) Um, Exactly. It is. We, we appreciate each and every one of your downloads. I'm looking at you, person in Virginia that is downloading this regularly. Um, I love you all, and I'm so sorry that you've had to listen to us. (laughs) (laughs) 
It is time to let this little bird free, and they are, I think they're going to do a great job. So stay tuned. In a couple weeks, there'll be more information about that, and uh, I, I, I'm really excited about what the future holds. All right. Me too. So, again, this happened. Facebook has done its thing. And if you're really interested on our views on things like Facebook, but I think social media in general, I think you'll be very interested in the conversation we're going to have on Windsor Live. So stay tuned for that. Make sure you're subscribed. Um, it's really interesting what we've, what we've kind of found out about the platform, Facebook specifically, but I think generally just how we engage with social media and how social media engages with us. Right, 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 right. Looking forward to a conversation about just who is leading the conversation here. Yeah. Moving on. Kind of zooming out a little bit to state level. Um, and we made it most of the episode without talking about the COVID-19 virus. That At least ends, directly. Well, that ends now. Because <laughs> uh, it is just cropping up again in Vermont. Oh, dear. Yeah, there's been a bit of an outbreak in Winooski. Um, 65 cases at my last check. Um, a lot of that has to do with a single event, but I think the numbers we're seeing have a lot to do with the increased testing efforts. Um, I've always thought that our numbers were a little underreported because it took us a long time to get testing, but now we are testing at a pretty good clip. Um, if you're watching the stream... I'm sharing the COVID-19 testing events. Basically, the state of Vermont has made it incredibly easy for you to get tested, whether or not you are symptomatic. Um, you can register at the humanresources.vermont.gov website. And even if you need a ride to a testing site, you can have that arranged for you. So... If you are going to do something in a large group, like a softball tournament or something, and you want to get tested just in case, uh, there are mm. a few pop-up sites kind of roving around Vermont. Uh, you do not have to be symptomatic to do so. Uh, so I recommend you be tested, and that way you can go back out into the public with a little bit of confidence. The test is not a, a pleasurable experience uh, oh no not from what i gather no but it works yeah so just keep that in mind and also standard social distancing wear a mask outside we were doing really great in windsor with mask usage and i see a lot of people are getting complacent um i don't want to chastise anyone i don't want to sound like uh, you know, your mother telling you to go outside with a coat and also a mask on. But wear your mask if you're going into public. Um, it has been shown that people working, especially people working in retail situations indoors, not the people going to the store, but people working are at exposure levels as high as emergency medical staff. So... Even if you think this mask isn't going to protect me, it has been proven that 
wearing universal masking has helped with hospital staff. Mm -hmm. If the average grocery store clerk is at the same level of risk as an emergency medical professional, then we have to make the leap of logic that we should be wearing masks whenever we go into these locations. So do it, please. Wash your hands, hand sanitizer, whole thing. Um, stay home if you feel sick, get tested, do the things that are mildly inconvenient that could save literally at this point, hundreds of thousands of lives. Yeah. It's going to be a little, it's going to be strange to see the next couple of months. I mean, you know, a couple of medical professionals that I know, and this is wholly anecdotal, of course, but couple of them have just sort of given me that wistful look every once in a while and made mention to say, like, make sure you enjoy your summer. Mm-hmm. Make sure you enjoy your summer because fall, it's not looking great. Yeah. Also, have to be super clear, um, this is not a second wave. Everything's saying this isn't a second wave. And people are thinking, like, oh, it's just a little blip. No, we're not done with the first wave yet. Yeah, we didn't really stop. Yeah, it. yeah, yeah. The, it's it is it is just it's it's a little bit of a line still. Um, yeah. So we'll talk about that in a, in a couple minutes. There's a couple more things I want to talk about with the state, but testing sites are available in the state of Vermont. The virus is not over. Um, wear a mask. <laughs> Small group. Did we mention? Wear a mask. <laughs> um, and, oh, and that's the other thing. I noticed that masks are available everywhere. Um, <laughs> I, I, they are at, if you're in Windsor, they are for sale at Price Chopper. They for, are for sale at Aubuchon. Um, those are the only two locations in the town of Windsor that I've been. Um, <laughs> but they were for sale. Uh, they are in a variety of patterns. Um those two being the American flag and black, um, just like the Model T. But <laughs> they're, they're, the excuse of those masks not being available anymore is not applicable. So go get a mask. If you cannot find a mask and you need a mask, <laughs> email Contact me. Contact us. Email me. I'll get <laughs> you a mask. C Goulet, C G O U L E T at WindsorVT.org and J Reed, J R E E D at WindsorVT.org. But we are not done yet. There are more things to talk about. So let's sally forth. Um, if you are a loyal listener, uh, just like my neighbor is, you will have remembered that we talked about a $300 million uh, healthcare package that the governor was sending to the state assembly. Um, the, uh, the house has approved that budget that will go toward, um, I don't want to say bailing out, but making it so Vermont, uh, uh, hospitals and healthcare providers will be able to stay staffed even while they are posting losses left and right. Some of it <laughs> will go to pay off, um, loans that were received through the federal government. And I say that very specifically loans, not grants. Uh, the federal mm -hmm. government decided to just 
uh, provide businesses with business uh, with uh, um, I don't I don't know if it's interest free or low interest, but they were loans, not grants. That has to be right. Clear. There is a component that must be paid back. Yeah, but uh, some of that will go directly to paying that off. Some of it will be um, staff and and provider retention, so like uh, payroll type things. Um, but it is it is going to be released from the two point five billion dollars that the state of Vermont received from the federal government. So again, it's not new tax dollars that are going to need to be raised. It's right, just right. a dispersion of the federal money that was already received, and hopefully was placed into an interest bearing account. <laughs> in Connecticut, it turns out. Fun fact: Vermont, state of Vermont, does their banking in uh, Connecticut Ooh, company. Just, just like where we get all our town names. Yeah. Um, the other thing I don't have a website for, but just because there are so many stories, there is a general statewide call for police reform in the state of Vermont. I mean, it's nationwide, but since this is the state section, um, they right. are calling for things to happen in Burlington and Bennington. I, I'm just going to name off town. That's the towns of Vermont want, want change. Um, that includes the town of Windsor. So we've heard you. Um, we don't have specific things to report right now because they are still being formed. Cause we want, we, we have the opportunity to do this. We want to do it right. And it's going to seem like this is taking a long time, but there are a lot of moving parts to make sure that something comes out of it. That is not just a good headline. It's vital that the conversation be something that allows for all voices and especially voices who have not been heard until now mm -hmm. to be heard. And that means that it will be a little uncomfortable, right. but we need to lean into that to make sure that that, uh, that the truth does come out yes. and that we give our, uh, our, our, our fellow town residents the ability to um, ask questions and tell their stories. Mm -hmm. And so there, there will be some kind of event that allows these conversations to happen, but uh, those details are forthcoming yes. and we will let you know as soon as we know something. We do know that the first was, so we do know a couple things. This is hopefully and likely going to be the first of an ongoing series of conversations with the police department in the town. Um, the first of which will likely be online. And the reason we're doing that is not as a way to make it more comfortable for the people involved. It's just because it is very unlikely that in the short term we'll be able to gather en masse in, a, in an enclosed space. So to have... Uh, participation at the highest level as possible, the first event at least, will be virtual. Uh, we are all very used to that at this point. At this point. Um, <laughs> so, so expect details that way. Um, there will be a call for questions um, to, the to the police chief. Um, the police chief has already expressed interest and willingness to participate in this, which I, I wasn't expecting he wouldn't, but you know, you, know, you never know. <laughs> so uh, everyone who needs to be on board is on board. We're just figuring out timing and 
the technical side of things. Right. Um, but stay tuned to this program and to all of the usual places you get town information. Moving on, let's kind of zoom out to the national view. Since we're talking about police reform, we have to talk about what is now being called the Capitol Hill Occupied Protest. Um, you may have seen it called the Capitol Hill Autonomous Zone, but the uh, kind of the community gathering at this location in Seattle um, has decided that it was giving the wrong idea to national media that they were trying to break away from the country, which was never the point and right. was obviously never the point. Um, so it is a protest. Um, I think this is amazing. <laughs> um, if you're still on board and you were kind of wishy-washy about the whole movement and us, uh, you're really going to hate it when I say this is, this is, uh, a positive, I think. It's a way for the community to be heard without being brutalized, which is what was happening in that location. Um, there's... Yeah, it's worth noting that as as I've been watching the streams, the people that were, in, you know, the and the way that the police in Capitol Hill in Seattle were interacting with the protesters was just absolutely barbaric and brutal yeah. i mean i don't know how else to describe it they were vicious and ruthless and you know unbelievable quantities of tear gas and beat downs yeah and, you know violence physical violence against the people who live there and now and it's interesting the police pulled out of the precinct they are still occasionally going in and out of the building but by and large as of the this report um they're not in there that much and so this whole kind of block party baru festival sort of <laughs> vibe has has popped up where a lot of the businesses that were closed have opened their doors to to you know help people in the community there's mm -hmm. there's Lots of people um, handing out, uh, you know, food and essentials and hand sanitizer and that sort of thing to to, to people. It's very, you know, uh, sort of free flowing in that way. Um, and it's it's just sort of something that's really interesting to watch. Now, I do think that there is. Um, room for concern, but probably not in the way that you might be expecting me to say. I think what I've seen in the national media has been extremely dangerous mm -hmm. in calling this a dangerous situation. Yeah. Um, you know, people in, as I've been watching firsthand accounts and, and streams from, from this place, people there have been very accommodating of emergency responders or, you know, uh, firefighters if they have to get through. It's the police that really seem to be the uh the having you know the the problem here mm -hmm. and uh the i i am what i'm worried about is the fervor of rhetoric on the national scale calling these people terrorists when man it really just looks like a way tamer yeah. block party than 90 percent of the rock shows i've been to but um i am worried that some amount 
some bad thing will come as a result of the inflamed and highly inaccurate rhetoric. Mm -hmm. And so um, I watch this story with, with, you know, great interest. And I think that it's an awesome, you know, statement and, and, you know, uh, political uh, 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 action to take. Um, But I also am watching that big picture and hoping that things just remain peaceful. Yeah. And if, if you're watching and you have access to the images I've been kind of flicking through, um, you can see you can see the mayhem that is happening. There are young People children are painting murals. Young children <laughs> are using chalk on the sidewalk. There is a gentleman with an untucked dress shirt and man bun. It is it is chaos. Obviously, people are speeching and there's music being played. I see not more, not less than three people who are wearing multiple patterns. Yep. I and they see, don't all, they don't all match either. No. Um, obviously I'm being flippant. I don't know if you've picked up on that, Chris. Um, <laughs> but when a portion of the country is calling this a, an armed uprising or a, uh, uh, a declaration of secession from the United States. Um, the only way you can combat that is with the truth and then also making fun of the people who are so up in arms when they were completely fine with armed protesters storming the capitals in places like Pennsylvania and Michigan. Um, but a bunch of people just kind of hanging out on the street is is unfathomable um i think it's also something we should note that the 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 governor of washington has designated this as a block party Um, yeah (laughs) like like that's what the that's what their government calls it yeah 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 so um i think you know the locals from this area and people who are hearing like the national reporting are going down and checking it out. And there's just so many stories of it being more peaceful than usual. Um, very communal. Um, people, people want to be heard. They don't want to get tear gassed. Um, surprise, surprise. I think the worst, the worst kind of damning evidence against the, what the, city of seattle was doing was when they made this official proclamation that they would no longer use tear gas and it turns out it's because they ran out and oh, then, there is a there is a limit to the to the uh <laughs> to the reserves yeah sure sure yeah but when they were resupplied they started using tear gas again uh, um so hell of know. a responsible thing to do to uh shoot something that causes respiratory damage during a respiratory sure. uh, yeah. pandemic that's and just just does something and maybe i'm painting with too broad a brush and i get it like not all cops are shooting tear gas uh i I guess we have to say that zero windsor police shot tear gas at all um during during any event that happened in the town but there are police departments that are doing this like and it's a lot of them yeah and it's focused around population centers and it's been brutal yeah so here's what we're talking about when we're talking about what we need to do about policing in this country specifically in this town we're deciding what are the things that we are asking police to do right 
are we asking them to do too much? Because I think we'll find that we are. Um, and are right. they re receiving the training that will allow them to do that too much that we're asking them to do? Um, if you want some information on how police are trained, um, again, this is not talking about anything to do with the town of Windsor, because I, I, I don't know if they received this training. But there is a great podcast called Behind the Bastards, um, hosted by Robert Evans, who is at the Capitol Hill Occupied protest reporting on it, or at least he was. He um, was. I'm not sure he still is, but he was for a couple days. Yeah. Um, he likened it to Burning Man. Um, <laughs> but I, yeah. think, I think that uh, is just kind of showing you how he's approaching the situation. Um, but it talks about one of the reasons why some of these police departments are so aggressive has a lot to do with a few training methods that are used. And Minneapolis, the Minneapolis Police Department, was one of these cities that were trained in this way. So you kind of see the results of this training. Check it out. I don't have the episode number, but you we'll should just listen to we'll all of those. You should listen to all show. of the episodes. It's a great show. Um, he has started a new episode, or a new series looking at the history of policing in the United States. Fascinating. I think you should all take a look at that. Absolutely. Um, uh, just, just to bring it back to Windsor, uh, the Windsor Historical Society has some information on the first police officer in the town of Windsor. So if you're interested on Windsor history, go check out their Facebook page. All right. So... One more point on this one. Uh, this story is going to be uh, an interesting focal point, I think, when we talk about the influence of social media over you know, political discourse and what happens in small towns especially. I think that we'll revisit this in yeah. tonight's episode. Absolutely. And I'm really interested in that talk. And specifically how, how social media can form the narrative. Right, right. Not how people are forming the narrative that use social media, but how social media is allowing the narrative to be formed. Really interesting stuff. Um, all right, let's talk about the virus again. We said it's back in Vermont. I'm showing on the screen a map of all the states in which it is back with a vengeance. Uh, you'll notice that Vermont is the brightest of these, and... That has to do with per capita numbers, not actual gross numbers, because uh, we have 65 new cases, which per capita is a lot, especially when we were flattening, actually decreasing the numbers so well that right. this spike is alarming, but it makes it look like the rest of the areas that are having new increases are going much higher. So we have a 125% increase in our cases. The reason for that is we were at zero for so long, right? Right. Right. <laughs> so, so it's all perspective on those numbers. Yeah. And here's how I'm going to give you perspective. So I've said 65 new cases, state of Vermont. Um, let's look at some states that bravely, heroically opened up their economies um, so that money would just flow into small businesses. Uh, Florida, 
very early on that trend of reopening the beaches. Uh, mm-hmm. They didn't watch Jaws, apparently. They have 2,610 new cases over the past four days. Oof. Texas, who never wanted to close down in the first place, but uh, they have reopened. Some might say too early. Uh, 2,622 new cases. And if you've never been to Texas, basically the whole state is mostly social distanced. Um, just right. because there's a lot of it and not there's so many people there. There's a lot of Texas. There. Um, and that is a 60% increase in their caseload. Florida is at 117%. Again, making it look really bad in Vermont, but gross numbers are what we need to think about. And Arizona has 1,827 new cases. And there are so many pictures of packed bars and nightclubs in Arizona um, with zero people wearing masks in these photos. So all of these states that were like, hey, this is a hoax. We need to open back up. That seems like it might not have been a hoax. Um, Pennsylvania uh, is actually going down 19% because they have a very good governor, but they have a very bad state assembly. Uh, So their state assembly has heroically, again, heroically voted to overturn the executive order that was keeping Pennsylvania on a downward trajectory. So I don't want to editorialize or put my own personal opinion in, but um, for all of our loyal listeners in Pennsylvania, make sure you were stocking up on masks um, because you're going to get a spike. I'm sure of it. (laughs) The virus does not care what the law says. Yeah. The virus does not care what the uh, what anybody says or does or feels like about this situation. It it just reproduces. Yeah. And it and reproduces it... by making you very sick uh, and getting inside your lungs. Or not making you very sick, but still getting inside your lungs and then jumping to somebody else and then making them very sick. Sure. And, uh, yeah. Right. Exactly. That's kind of what's up. Right. Well... I'm depressed. By the time by the time this whatever the next incarnation of this show is, by the time it returns, this map will be very very interesting. Oh, so, I I almost forgot. By the way, Florida, the businesses themselves, this the governor is refusing to close businesses again. Lots of businesses themselves have chosen to close because of the amount of spikes in viruses so uh good preservation kicks in eventually (laughs) it's it's a (laughs) you know it's an impossible decision to make but i applaud each and every one of those businesses for making the right choice um i wish there was a list that we could point to 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 show you like these are the good people support them in the ways that you can um i don't have that list though but but what you can do to honor the people who are making the right choice is to wear a mask when you go outside avoid large groups and wash your hands mm-hmm. and that is all i have to say about that let's come in for a landing why don't we back to windsor yeah so I know we barely ever talk about this, but we are a proud member of the River Power Podcast Mill. And, and we always will be. Yes. I think. Cor- <laughs> yeah, um, you hear me, Cody? Yeah, the you boss hear is me? watching. <laughs> um, 
And we have a lot of great podcasts. One of them is Science Night. There are lots of other podcasts. Um, but only one of them has Kathleen Muldoon, a biological anthropologist from Midwestern University in Tempe, Arizona. Uh, she is terrified about the spike of cases in Arizona and is remaining in her home. But luckily, I was able to, through technology, speak to her from her bubble. Um, and it's a great conversation. Also, episode two, where I talk about the life and work of Mary Leakey, is going to drop on Saturday. Also, cool. be sure to keep up on uh, Pulp from Beyond the Veil. I have heard... They're going to be at least one more curbside edition, and I'm very excited. I hope what we talked about is what they actually do, because I want to download that and I want to listen to it. Um, I won't tell you what it is until... Working on my method acting as yeah. we speak. Yeah, if if you need to be... <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't even say it, because it's going to give away the whole thing. So, yeah, yeah, well, keep keep that one close yeah. to the chest. It's coming soon, folks. But you know the joke I was talking about. If if you need that joke to happen to you, <laughs> I'm sure we can make that happen. Um, but also be sure to check out Stone Soup, Too Many Hats, and as always, Windsor Live. Windsor Live is recorded live every single week. Live from Windsor, Vermont, the capital of the entire universe. Mm -hmm. We stream every Thursday night at 7 p.m. Myself and my buddy James here. You can find that on windsorlive.net slash live. You can also go and check out all the other episodes that we have made. And any other cool stuff that we happen to throw over the wall into the internet. You can also subscribe and listen to this show on any podcast player that you prefer because we're everywhere like that. We are omnipresent. And that's good means that you have no excuse not to know what's going on in Windsor, Vermont. I want to take this moment to thank everyone for going on this wild ride with us. Most especially you, James, who uh, jumped right in, and now you're stuck. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm pretty proud of what we created, and, and I'm really even more proud that it's going to be taken on by a group of people who are going to really run with it and, and make it the, the reliable news show that it can be. Yeah. And meanwhile... You can find James and I, James and I, uh, it, on Windsor Live, telling you all of our machinations, uh, pontifications, uh, thoughts, and hopes for the future of Windsor, Vermont, mm-hmm. in an ongoing series uh, that will take us all over the place. We're just getting started there. Very excited! Very excited for the next episode of that, and also just getting back on the horse and and um having it be a way for us to talk about things and ideas for the town of Windsor. Absolutely. Absolutely. We're finally getting to the place where we're going to be able to really, you know, play with the format, play with interaction, playing with mm-hmm. getting people on the show. It's going to be really really cool. Uh and one last tease tonight 
the uh, the for the Windsor Live episode, you should check out not just our awesome discover, uh, discussion on the influence of social media on small town discourse and politics, but also a really cool interview with Jill Lord and Lori Rogers of the Neighbors Helping Neighbors program, where they're going to tell you the entire story of how it came to be. And it was surprise. It's a much more it's a much cooler story than I could have predicted. It's <laughs> it's fascinating and completely completely spontaneous. I had no idea. So check that out and uh we'll be seeing you around town. Insert sad music. Take care everyone. <laughs>